What's up, LA? It's me, Casey Diaz, host of the Shot Color Podcast and author. What? <laughs> that always sounds funny. I don't know why. <laughs> Welcome back to the Shot Color Podcast. And today we are going to tackle, well, we're going to tackle a bunch of stuff. First off, first off, I want to say thank you to all of you that support this program um, with your donations. Those of you that, for some crazy reason, um, like me, I guess, I don't know, or like what I say or whatever the case may be. Um but here you are, and you're actually uh, sponsoring the show. I am so, so grateful for that. Uh, those of you that do, you know who you are. But, hey, it's not too late. If you want to jump on the bandwagon and help this podcast grow, uh, there's several things you can do, right? You could actually tell your friends about it. Um, hey, how about you email me and ask me for a decal? So that I can send it to you, and you can put it on your car wind uh, in in your uh, in your car uh, window in the back there, and and then you could tell the world around you that you are a listener or subscriber of the Shot Caller podcast. That's one way, and you can email me directly, kcd is seventy two at gmail dot com, kcd is seventy two at gmail dot com. Uh, send me your address. Uh, tell me that you want a, a sticker, a decal to put on your car window, and I'll send it to you. Not a problem. Free of charge, just because you are a loyal listener. And the other way that you can support this uh, podcast is by monetarily supporting it. And how do you do that? Well, you go to my website, which is kcds.net. You click on the podcast button, and there you will find a support button. You click on that, and then it gives you three ways to monthly become a a uh, person that just wants to support this podcast. And there gives you three options of what you can, uh, you know, donate or support this podcast with. We'd love for you to do that. And by the way, uh, before we go into what we're going to go into, which is very important, just want to bring to mind that if you hear those sounds down there on the table here, that's a golden retriever. That's my golden retriever. His name is Tucker. You hear his noise? Yeah, all of a sudden he wants to chew on things while I'm on this podcast, this guy. But before we go there, <laughs> before we go there, I just, um, we partnered, the Shot Caller Podcast partnered with Meek.ly. Meek, that's M-E-E-K dot L-Y, Meek dot L-Y. And um, we are going to be contributing a blog on their website. So isn't that cool? That's awesome. Why would anybody want me to write down my thoughts? <laughs> but this is, <laughs> but this is, uh, this is great. It's a uh, biblically focused. It's a devotional uh, type of deal where I write down my thoughts, I attach a scripture to it, I talk about it, and share a thing or two uh, about that scripture. Everything has to be done decently decently and in order, so 
you know, we, we make sure that we stick to sound doctrine on there. And I am so glad that uh, uh, Pia Wilcox uh, wrote to me. Uh, she works for uh, Mika Dada Y and uh, or Meekly. Uh, and um, it, it's just it's amazing how they uh, approached me and asked to become a guest blog contributor in which I said yes after some prayer and some thought. I thought these people are awesome. I looked them up, and uh, so so that's just new. And I will be sending some material to them pretty shortly, and then they're going to put it on their website, and you could read a shot caller devotional right on their website. So again, that's meek m e e k dot l y. Check them out um, and uh, follow them. Follow them on uh, social media. Of course, as you know, I have just got. A partnership with God Behind Bars, and that's going awesome. They're going to be uh, putting up some more videos and stuff like that from this podcast as well. So it, it's I'm all over the place is what I'm saying, people. I'm all over the place, and uh, that's why I needed that break, you know, that month break. I just needed that month break. My wife says uh, we need a Hawaii trip, and I said, uh, okay, uh, I don't know about all that. But that sounds good. Let's see what we could make happen. I don't know. Uh, but, you know, it is it is important to take some time away from all the craziness that you get involved in. When you're in this kind of forum, it's very easy to just get, like, sucked into it. And you forget that you, you have a family. And it's like ministry. It really is. You You get so married to the ministry or you get so married to... Work, it's like a workaholic, right? And, and if you don't take possession of your time and really kind of take a pause and relax with your family, enjoy life, uh, man, uh, uh, you're going to miss moments. And so uh, if my wife is out there, I'm going to make that happen somehow. I don't know. We, we, we have to just to kind of like chill, right? Uh, kids are coming out of school and all that. So anyhow, but here it is, uh, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you know, I, I really don't like talking about AOC. I really don't. But boy, does she give us material around here. And she just keeps on putting her foot in her mouth. And she gives material out to everyone in every forum. She really does. And most recently, she just, oh my, I'm going to read some stuff to you that these people have sent to the White House and to ICE and to Immigration, uh, Border Patrol, and what they are demanding is, well, we'll get to that part. But I, I want to share a clip that I ran into on Fox News. And this is a, um, uh, a, a representative here, a congresswoman by the name of uh, Young Kim. And uh, she's an awesome lady. Uh, just featured on Fox. I've followed her uh, in, in some arenas, and uh, she's, she's just awesome. But I want you to hear this, this this small clip. Tell me what you think, and then we're going to talk about that, and then we're going to read. We're going to be reading today, people. We're going to read some documents that AOC and 34 of her um, friends have sent to Border Patrol. Um Let's see. Check this out. 
participation. Congresswoman, you recently took a trip to the border as well. Uh, this administration not willing to call it a crisis, but of course the human cost is evident, as is the, the physical cost of drugs and trafficking. We actually had Greg Abbott, the, uh, the, the governor of Texas, on our show uh, earlier, later this week, or excuse me, earlier in the week. This mm -hmm. is what he had to say. Listen. There's dangerous drugs coming across the border. We have obtained enough fentanyl coming across the border to kill every single person in the state of New York. And so this is a very deadly situation happening on the border. The Biden administration better make uh, wake up. A human trafficking problem, a drug crisis, and you've seen it as well. Yes. I have gone down to the border uh, in uh, Texas, the southern border. I also went down to the California-Mexico border. What I've seen is definitely the security crisis, humanitarian crisis. We have a crisis at the border, yet this Biden administration refuses to see it for uh, what it is. I urge the Biden administration and also uh, Vice President uh, Kamala Harris to get down to the border to see for themselves, and maybe they will change their mind. So drug cartels are the only ones that's benefiting from this border crisis. It is hurting Americans. It is undermining legal immigration, and it is straining the resources from the Border Patrol agents, CBP agents, when they should be patrolling uh, the borders. But right now, all of the illegal activities are slipping through because our Border Patrol agents are now serving the role of uh, caretakers. And that is something that the Biden administration administration refuses to see. I, I really encourage them to get down there, get your butts out there and see it <laughs> for yourselves. What I'm seeing, it's breaking my heart. Yeah. I see so many mothers with young children because they are getting the mixed signal that when you come across the border illegally, one way or another, you will be taken care of. Wrong, wrong. We need to uh, reinstate the policies that have worked during the previous administration. And uh, really, uh, I really encourage them to get down there well, I wish and they, let's fix the problem. I wish they wanted to see it. It feels like willful blindness uh, at this point. And I love what you said. It undermines legal immigration, which is what we want. Uh, but when you disincentivize it, uh, you get a whole different type of illegal immigration. Congresswoman, yes. thank you so much for your time. We thank you very it. much for having me. You got Tell me she's not awesome. But, you know, this is people that are actually aware of the situation. They're students. They're researchers. And they don't turn a blind eye to the problem at hand. And meanwhile, in Washington, we have AOC. And this is a tweet that she wrote uh, just recently. Um <coughs> May 17, day ago. Listen to what she says. Recently, we led 34 colleagues in calling on ICE to end the carceral approach to immigration. We need human and just immigration policies that aim to end mass incarceration, criminalization, and deportation of immigrants. It just sounds so noble. It just sounds so noble. <laughs> That's all it is. That's all it does. It, it sounds noble. But I want to read, and then I'll, you know, cut through, we'll pause, we'll elaborate here and there on this letter. Uh, and boy, it, it just, um, wow. Let's get to it. Dear, this is May 14, 2021, when they wrote this, by the way. 
Congress of the United States, Washington, D.C., 2515. This is the zip code. And the letter starts like this. Dear Secretary Mayorkas and Director Johnson, we write to share the concerns with the February 18, 2021 Interim Enforcement Memorandum issued by U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, ICE. The memorandum does not provide adequate protection for the liberty and interest of recently arrived immigrants seeking humanitarian relief and further criminalizes and dehumanizes immigrants by relying on the discriminatory criminal legal system. We understand that new guidelines are being developed. We strongly urge the new guidelines to do uh, guidelines do not adopt flawed presumptions of what constitutes a threat to public safety and lay out a framework that focuses on protecting due process and human rights. So far, again, it just sounds so noble. First, the memorandum does not adequately protect the liberty interests of asylum seekers. Far from reflecting and honoring our treaty obligations, this memorandum presumes that any immigrant who unlawfully entered the United States on or after November 1st 2020 is a border security enforcement and removal priority. Um, She just stated that, let me read that again. For far from reflecting and honoring our treaty obligations, this memorandum presumes that any immigrant who unlawfully entered into the United States, so she just, she just, did she not, See that they wrote that there? Okay, let's let's just keep going. This blanket presumption will effectively mean detaining an untold number of people who have fled persecution. Second, the memorandum presumes that any immigrant who has been convicted of an aggravated felony is a public safety enforcement and removal priority. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's how it works, lady. Let me read that again. Second, the memorandum presumes that any immigrant who has been convicted, that means they've been through the process of court and they got convicted of an aggravated felony, that means a violent felony, is a public safety enforcement and removal priority. Yeah, that's, uh, that's about right. The definition of aggra- uh, uh, aggravated felonies is itself flawed, a relic of the racist war on drugs. Okay, let me stop right there, because um, <clears throat> this is around, this is about the time I start flexing all up in here, you know, and get it worked up, because what? <laughs> what? Uh, the, a relic of the racist war on drugs. What the? What? <laughs> what? What? Uh, I don't. I'm speechless. Do I even have to continue on this document? Do I really have to do a relic of the racist war on drugs? Um, because because can anybody just tell her that when drugs are in the scene, it's a crime, and yes, there's a war on drugs. How in the world does it become a racist? War on drugs. But again, they want to pull this race card again, right? 
and should not guide the agency enforcement priorities. Aggravated felonies, a term specific to immigration law, includes offenses that are neither, neither aggravated nor felonies. For example, this category has been interpreted to include many state drug misdemeanors. Okay, let me hold on. Let me, let me just pause right there. Because according to these 34, with her, 35, um, they think that little crime doesn't matter as much. That little crimes, little crimes, I don't know how she deems little crimes. Uh, the law deems little crimes, uh, well, in different categories. I understand that. But I also understand as a convicted former ex-felon that little crimes always, not sometimes, always end up being bigger crimes because it always starts like that. It always starts like that. The kid that stole a candy, the kid that stole, you know, a box of chocolates, the kid that stole, uh, that stole whatever, right? You name it. A box of whatever, jelly beans. Then what, what usually ends up happening is that same kid finds a bigger thing to steal, finds a bigger thing to steal, finds a bigger thing to steal, and then, then, then you have chaos because it's greed and it's in our sin nature that we want more. The soul is never satisfied. I heard that somewhere, like the Bible. So when, when, when that little kid starts, let me tell you a story. And, and I point it, I point the finger right to me. There was a time when uh, um, me and a young friend by the name of Jason, and I just reunited with Jason. I think I shared about that in my last uh, episode here. But me and Jason went, and I think we were in fifth grade, I believe so. And it was after class, uh, and we we walked into our classroom. Uh, we rigged it somehow so that the door was unlocked, and the teacher was out, and we broke into, essentially, we broke into the classroom. No one was there, and uh, we, were find, we were looking for things to steal. Now, wait a minute. <coughs> we opened this cabinet, and in this cabinet were... Um, dowels, big dowels, and on these dowels were American flags. They were stapled on the, these uh, these dowels. And, well, we started putting these flags, these American flags, in our jacket. Bunch of them. To the point where, like, we had taken every single flag in there, and we stuffed a bunch of American flags in our Sweaters. I don't know if he had a jacket or a sweater. Whatever the case may be, we had a bunch of flags. And then Miss <laughs> Gardner walks in, our fifth grade teacher. She walks in and she says, what are you guys doing here? What are you guys doing here? 
and I, because I'm the smart guy in this, <laughs> I said, we're doing nothing. And she notices that our sweaters are bulging. There's, you know, stuff happening there. And um, <laughs> I didn't realize that there was, the stripes were sticking out of my, uh, one part of my sweater. And she reaches to see what it is. And, of course, we get caught. And we have a bunch of American flags stuffed in our jackets. And she looked at us and said, why would you be stealing American flags? My answer was this. I looked at her and I said, because we love America. <laughs> because we love America. <laughs> and you, <laughs> I think she had, uh, I think she forced herself not to burst out in laughter. Because that was the dumbest answer you could give for stealing American flags. Here's my point. That that same kid that stole flags, that stole candy from 7-Eleven, it's in my book, you can read it, the shot collar book. You could read it, you could buy it wherever you want. That story's in there. So that same kid that stole M&M's, that stuffed candy inside the Slurpee, that same kid, me, that same kid that stole American flags from Miss Gardner's fifth grade teacher, uh, fifth, grade, fifth grade room at Hoover Elementary. That same one, that same kid became a gang leader. So when you when 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 society tries to be light and categorize and kind of look at smaller crimes and we just slap the hand and kind of do nothing with that. We kind of just let that go. What tends to happen is that the crime gets bigger and bigger. You could ask any person that's sitting in the shoe program or in solitary confinement, if they could remember as far back as they can, when did, when did crime enter into the scene? When was the first time that you, st you started stealing? When was the first time that you punched somebody? And they're going to be able to trace it all the way back to their young years. I promise you that. So let me get back to this document. This category has been interrupted to include, into, I'm sorry, interpreted to include many state drug misdemeanors. It's very fuzzy, this document, because I took it out of Twitter. Uh, from her page, aggravated felonies as a category have been designed to ensure that people have a few rights as possible to fight detention and deportation. Moreover, we are concerned that the memorandum only requires that ICE officers, watch this, have a good faith belief, and this is inside quotes, that someone has aggravated felony conviction even while acknowledging that such a determination is a complex question. Third, <laughs> because we just put ICE agents to just kind of like do whatever they want. No, you have ICE agents that are in the office. You have ICE agents on the field. You have ICE agents that, that they're, it's in categories. Does she not understand this? That those ICE, ICE agents that deal with gangs, 
know what to look for? Does she? She just thinks that we just that that America just hires ICE agents and kind of just throws them out there with with no training, with no nothing. Is that what she thinks? I think that's what she thinks. But here it goes. Third, the memorandum invites a racial profiling by presuming that an immigrant is public safety in, uh, is a public safety enforcement and removal priority if they have been convicted of an offense in which an element was active participation, that's in quotes, in a gang or someone older than 16 who has intentionally participated, that's in quotes, in a gang. The first prong of this assessment appears to leave ICE in charge of deciding, deciding whether gang involvement was an element, again inside quotes, of a person, of a person's conviction, a legal termination that, as with aggravated felonies, should not be left to an officer's discretion or good faith belief. <sighs> wow. Okay. The second prolong uh, the the second prong prong. I'm sorry. The second prong does not appear to require a conviction at all. Just a determination by ICE that a person participated, inside quotes, it is well documented that law enforcement's practices of labeling people as gang-involved is often faulty, based on arbitrary and racist factors. Here we go, this race card again. And not subject to due process. ICE use of gang allegations to justify detention and deny people status is notoriously error-prone and prejudicial giving ICE the discretion to determine what qualifies as gang activity doubles down on the arbitrary and discriminatory framework used by law enforcement. I mean, this thing is ridiculous to the second power. Can someone tell her that when it comes to ICE agents that are dealing with drugs, that's their field of expertise they get adequate training to look for individuals they are trained to look at vehicles boats planes whatever it is they that's their field of expertise they don't just hire people and go okay so you're going to be taking care of drugs and go get them. That's not what happens here. They have adequate training. And the laws have to be, they are so in place so that this ICE agent, and I'm not saying that, you know, some go wrong because we've seen that. We get that. But for the most part, and I mean the most part, 99.9% of the time, these ICE agents, they are well-trained in their area field. So when you're talking about ICE agents that deal with, with gangs, they know what to look for. They know what to look for. So to, 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 to write a document like this is ridiculous to me. But it continues. We are in a moment of racial reckoning in this country. Here we go. Race card. With communities across the country calling for an end to mass incarceration and racist policing. 
boy, this this gets under my skin, man. One, because I have friends in law enforcement now. And I can tell you, I can tell you firsthand, these are ordinary people, real human beings. They carry a badge. They're well-trained. And they want to go home to their families at night. After their shifts are over, they also have families that they want to come home to at night. Are there cases where police officers have been racist? Yeah. Um, Here's my question to you. Where you live, where you go to work, where you go to work, you don't think there's nobody racist where you work? You think that every place that you've gone to work uh, for or in, no one has ever been racist in that place? You got to be kidding me. The racial issue that we have, the racial problem that we have, you're not going to erase. I've said that millions of times on this particular show. You're not going to get rid of it. And I'll repeat myself again. I don't care how many banners, how many ads, how many whatever. You will not erase racism. Because so long as you're on this planet Earth, you're going to deal with flawed men and women that inside hold racism, prejudice, ideas, and they're going to surface at moments. So long as we're in this planet, I hate to break your heart, but racism will exist. But it exists everywhere, mainly in the hearts of men and women. To think that the police just drive around, to think that the police just drive around and go, Hispanic guy, black guy, Asian guy, it's, it's, because this is what, this is what you're saying here in this letter. We are in a moment of racial reckoning in this country with communities across the country calling for an end to mass incarceration and racist policing. Get out of here. It is time to end the carceral approach to immigration, which relies on these same flawed system systems. Instead, we urge the Biden administration to pursue humane and just immigration policies that aim to end mass incarceration, criminalization, and deportation of immigrants. To that end, any final and any final enforcement priorities memorandum must prioritize due process and human rights protections. We urge the creation of guidelines and directives that welcome those seeking humanitarian relief, decarcerate ICE detention facilities, <laughs> wow, and allow for people to pursue lawful status without ICE persecu- prosecution before EOIR. Any final memorandum should incorporate feedback from those most impacted. I mean, these are the people that 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 love um, our DA here in Los Angeles. These are the same kind of folks. <laughs> I was watching the news the other day uh, with um, 
spokesperson for the DA's office, uh, Gascon here. And he was asked a question, you know, Angelinos are, are um, you know, are concerned by this DA, by your DA office, that victims aren't really a concern to this DA. And his response was, well, when you say victims, we got to look at victims in both ways. And I'm thinking to myself, both ways? What are you talking about? And he says, we got to look at the victim, and we also got to look at the, uh, at the victim on the other end. In other words, that if you've been robbed, the robber also is a victim of uh, mass incarceration, uh, also is a victim of, of um, you know, a bad childhood, uh, uh, an economic struggle that they started off with in life. And so because of that, well, then he has to stick a gun in somebody's face, rob that person, and so, but he's also a victim of his surroundings, so we got to look at both victims. That's pretty much what he said. I was watching this, and I couldn't believe what I had just heard. Because, I, I mean, how do you, I'm going to see if I can look for this, and because you got to hear it for yourself. And by the way, Azusa, the city of Azusa, issued vote of no confidence in Los Angeles County DA George Gascon. That happened because why? And 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 by the way, he's it's not just that city. We've gone through so many cities already. There's still six more city, cities that are going to a vote um, a uh, no-confidence vote uh, for Gascon as well. So that's coming. I wanted to find that for you so that you could read it because I, I, I was just floored, man. Uh, let me see if I can find it. If I can, I want to uh, to play the clip because I think it's so important. It was just yesterday. No, I can't find it. I'm, you know what? I'm gonna when I come back on the next episode, I'm gonna play it for you. I'm gonna find it because otherwise, I'm gonna stick around for too long. Listen, guys, this is the kind of stuff that we're dealing with. If you don't think that crime is um, a problem here, it's a problem. It's a problem, and it needs fixing, and we can't ignore it. We could do better than that. We have a circus happening in Washington. A bigger circus than, than we've ever had before, to be honest with you. I mean, uh, the Biden administration, Biden himself has become the worst president. He, he, if we want to talk about outdoing someone, he has outdone Carter, has outdone Obama. He is in a class all by himself, this guy. And what they're doing to this country is shameful. They are destroying the fiber of America. The fabric of America, rather, I'm sorry. And we need to, we need, we, we need to really do something about this. This is crazy, man. This is when when crime, when the criminal 
is labeled a victim, we we have gone backwards. We have we have we are upside down at that moment. And it is not if it isn't for the Christian praying for this country, I don't know what would what would happen. But there is hope. There is still hope. If anything, this should charge the believer to really go out there and pray for the city, pray for their neighbors, pray for that young man who is making bad decisions and then be involved in their life. Hey, listen, I'm all about second chances. I'm a product of that. But what what I'll never agree to is crime being dealt with with a soft hand. That never, ever works. So we need to get better. Until next time, hey guys, I love you guys. I look forward to hearing your comments and and your emails. Again, if you wanted a decal for your car window of the Shot Caller Podcast, drop me an email, kcds72 at gmail.com, and I will send that to you. Make sure that you uh, send me your address or PO Box, wherever you want me to send it to, and I'll get that on, my, uh, on the way. Also, if you want to become a... Uh, it, it, someone that's going to support this uh, this podcast monetarily. It's very easy. Uh, you can go to kcds.net, uh, click on the podcast, and then on the support button, it'll give you three ways to support this program monthly. Or you can send your donations to my Venmo or my PayPal, which is kcds72 at gmail.com, kcds72 at gmail.com. And whatever your heart Whatever God puts in your heart to give to this uh, platform, to this uh, podcast, whatever it is, that's going to be accepted here. It it, it always helps. So I love you guys. Thank you so much for sticking around. Um, Until next time. You know what I always say? You know I'm about to say. Keep Jesus first. (laughs) 